I'm Ann Brennan, and I'm the founder of Burgers and Bands for Suicide Prevention. What inspired you to create the the organization? So, um, it's kind of a long story, but it, it's a good one. Um, my son in 2005, no, gosh, before that, 2012, started experiencing really bad depression. And the truth is, at the time, it was it really was all about my son. And I had a I had a doctor tell me something that I thought was now I know was completely irresponsible. I am a, I never knew I was a type A personality. And I finally admitted that this past year, but this doctor said to me, you've got to keep him alive. It's your responsibility to keep him alive. Well, as somebody who takes responsibility pretty seriously, I stopped sleeping uh, because I knew a lot of people had died by suicide in the middle of the night. And so I would sit outside his room and I put my head on his door and I would listen all night long to make sure he had not hung himself or killed himself in some way. And and so eventually I became depressed myself. And I'm an Ironman athlete. I'm a marathoner. I, you know, I own a business. I've got all these things going for me. But I got to a point where I was so depressed that I ended up on my way to the Bay Bridge thinking I was going to jump. And I got lucky, and I think I kind of think it's because I was an Ironman athlete. Maybe it's because I tell people it's because I'm really nice, and all I could think is I'm afraid of heights, and I was going to get there, and I was going to mess up traffic for the day. Um, so I called for help instead, and I called for help. I got help. I ended up in the hospital for three days. I know this is a long-winded way of telling you this, but it is a story that matters a lot. Yeah. Because... I ended up in the hospital for three days and I had at the time a blog called Anne's Running Commentary and it was all about endurance sports. And I went on that blog as soon as I got out of the hospital and I wrote something called Psych Ward Annie. And in Psych Ward Annie, I talked about my struggle and I talked about how hard it was to have nobody see where I was and nobody understand how hard what I was going through with my son was and how much it was literally killing me. And I wrote this and my husband, who ne we never fight ever, ever, ever. We never, ever fight. He saw it. He read it. And he was furious. He said, that's private. We can't share it. Why are you doing this? And I said to him, people followed me on my journey to Ironman. And they were so proud of me. And they call me Iron Ann, right? They call me Iron Ann, which is amazing. But if that's what they think I am, if they don't see the downside as well, then what am I doing? I'm like, this isn't fair. I can't say I'm honest. I can't say I'm telling you things and then not tell you this really, really important thing. And it didn't matter. He was so mad. As we're talking, my phone dinged and it was a comment. It was a notification of a comment on my blog. And it was from a 15-year-old boy. And he said, I was going to kill myself tonight. But I read your blog and I asked my mom for help. And my husband said, okay, what else can we do? And it changed everything. So, um, yeah, so we started Burgers and Bands. It is a um, charity that is, it's, we have three stages and 27 bands, and it's all over a one-day period. And we don't talk a whole lot about suicide there. We talk about mental health. We talk about taking care of yourself. We talk about being there for you. But we made a rule that there can't be anything sad that day. Because the truth is, if you go to, I love American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. I love NAMI. I think both of them do an amazing job. However, if they have an event, you are going to cry. And 
sometimes I would end up leaving there so broken, having watched the parents who have lost their children, that I could hardly function. And I thought, I don't want that. I want people to want to come. And I want them to want to be there. And I want them to leave with a feeling of joy, a feeling of hope. And so that's why we created it. We wanted it to be something that gives you hope and makes you know that there's a better tomorrow. So it, I told you it's a long-winded story of how we got there, but it's, um, I think it's important. And while I was researching you, I uh, read a, and watched the video about Ethan. How is it uh, working uh, alongside him on this project? So it's interesting because Ethan, so Ethan, um, he's an amazing kid. He's, I say a kid, he's 27 years old now. <laughs> <laughs> he's an amazing young man. But a couple of years ago, he said, mom, this isn't my mission. It's your mission. And he says, I'm going to, I will be here and I will support you, but I don't need it anymore. And I think at the time he needed it. When we first started doing it, it was, it boosted him up. But he's so happy now that he doesn't need it. And for me, it's just the example of why we do it, right? A lot of our volunteers, we see that way. There's a kid, again, a young man named Miles. And he, when we did our very first suicide prevention charity, when we first, very first did the very first event, he told his parents that day, I need help. He said, I need help. And I've been afraid to tell you, but now... Miss Ann said that you should ask for help. So I'm asking for help. And he did. And and every year after that, for five years, he came to our event. For five years, he um, he came to our, anything we did, he supported and he volunteered for. And then one year he didn't show up. I guess it was last year he didn't show up. And I was like, oh, where's Miles? I asked his parents. I was like, where's Miles? And he says, oh, he's with his girlfriend. They've gone somewhere for the day. He doesn't need it anymore. And I thought, yes, that's what we're doing. Yeah. How has helping families helped your own uh, mental health? It helps a lot. I actually, uh, I did a YouTube, not a YouTube, TikTok the other day uh, about that very thing, why this matters to me. And part of it is that it keeps me, I know that people look to me for hope. And if I let myself, and I, I will tell you, I just went through a depression for about eight months. I went through a horrible depression, but I didn't, I didn't follow through on that ultimate act. I didn't, I, as soon as I saw that is a possibility, that's something that could be a problem. One of the things that kept me going was knowing that if I were to do that, then other people would lose hope because they do look to me for that. They do look to me for you can survive this. Right. And so I don't want to be the person who disappoints them. So it's, it's changed the way I look at things because it's given me such a big purpose that so it's so much bigger than myself. With the the event, which is gigantic, how much work is put into that uh, each year? You know what's crazy? So um, hopefully people aren't offended by me mentioning this, but I think God dropped this thing into my lap, right? And the first year, actually the first year was super easy. We created it in about 15 minutes. We only had one stage and 10 bands that year, but I created it literally in 15 minutes and we had it three weeks after I created it. So that was that easy. And then it got a little harder the next two years because we introduced sponsorships. We introduced um, a few things like, um, we, uh, oh gosh, what do you call it? Auctions, uh, things that just made it a little more difficult. And then the past two years, it's been really interesting because it almost plans itself. 
We call the same vendors. We say, we want the tent. We want the stage. We call the same place. We say, this is the week we want to do it next year. And then the music takes care of itself because we've got a music director. And we actually have two. One, one does our inside stage. One does our two outside stages. And it just does itself because I run a business as well. And it's so amazing to me to watch it come together in the way it does. And I, we have some key volunteers, so I don't want to say it completely does itself, but it's not as much work as you might think. It's, it's really, it's like God meant it to be. And so it is. With me, I live with uh, bipolar disorder too. And life is, you know, challenge. I got a good treatment plan and all that, but my, it also affects uh, my wife and kids' lives. And yes. a lot of people don't talk about that. How important is it to take care of, you know, family members of people dealing me with mental illness? You know, I'm really happy about what has happened in the past probably four or five years. When we went in with Ethan for the first time, when I took Ethan to Shepherd Pratt Hospital down here and I admitted him, it was the first time driving home was the first time I thought about suicide, about myself. And I thought, I can't survive this. And when I left that hospital, nobody said, how are you doing? Are you getting therapy? Is there anything we can do to help you? Nobody. And over the next several months, I didn't tell anybody how hard it was for me. I didn't explain that it was killing me inside because I didn't want to be the one who took attention away from Ethan. And so I started talking to the heads of hospitals and I started talking to therapists and different people who had something to do that they could help, right? And I said, I want you to start asking that question. Don't just focus on the patient, but focus on the people who are around them because they are affected by this. And so recently, uh, we, one of our sponsors is Baltimore Washington Medical Center. And I talked to somebody who had been admitted there. And I said, I asked his, his wife, I said, what happened? What did they say to you? And she said, they said, are you getting help? Is there anything we can do for you? And I thought, yes, because that's the thing. It's, it's not officially, like you can't say that it is contagious, but it really is. Because if the people, if the person you love is struggling, you're going to find yourself struggling as well. It's very, very difficult. And with uh, your organization bringing, you know, to life talking about suicide prevention has it gotten easier over the years for people to talk about this yeah it's uh, it's funny because one of my favorite things to do is to talk about our story right yes. and, uh, i tell the story a lot i was one day i i guess my child was at ccd at church right um like you know like um bible study basically yeah and he's there and it's only an hour. So it's one of those things where you're like, I'm not going to drop you and leave and come back. And so I sat there and I was knitting. And, I, and what I was knitting were these, ha these hats. And they were kind of neat hats. Um, they had reflective tape in the yarn. So once you knit them and you go outside, if a light shined on you, it lit up like you were a, like you were a flashlight. It was crazy. And I would knit these hats and I would sell them. I think I sold them for $20, but I'd sell them. And then I would give the money to the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. So that day I'm sitting there at the church, I'm knitting and, you know, 
a woman comes up and she sits down beside me and she's like, what, what are you making? And I said, oh, I'm making a hat. And I told her, I said, I'm making it for suicide prevention because my my uh, middle son is very depressed and, and trying to do something. This makes me feel better. And she goes, oh, my husband's depressed. He's actually just gotten out of the hospital with, with depression. And I was like, wow, I am so, thank you for sharing that with me. Right. Thank you. And they got up, they left, she got up, she got, she left. Three more people sat down and three more people had that exact conversation, each of them with somebody else in their lives who had depression or themselves. And what I find is that every time I share my story, every single time I share my story, somebody says, oh, me too. Me too. And so sharing it and taking the shame out of it, it's, it's changed everything. I think it changes things for everybody. If you were sh- When you share your story, it saves lives. It makes a difference. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. That's what uh, I was, you know, tired of not being myself. So, you know, it, it feels like superpower sometimes. Yeah, it really is. It, it's like, I, if I can admit it, then, then I have control over it. Right. I have control over it. And I find that with everybody. I literally, we, we joke about that in the, this in the office that uh, literally over the past you know, seven years, we have had one person say, oh, I've never had depression. I've never struggled with anything like that. And we and we're like, okay, sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, everybody has been there. At some point, we have all been in the depths of a depression. It may be a short lived one, but we've been there. And you help even uh, Ethan and a lot of people in high school uh, with, you know, uh, mental health problems and a lot of people say with high school oh it's challenging for everyone how important is it to give uh teens a voice to share what they're feeling so i think it's really important and and again i said uh we we've really come a long way in the past few years at least in this area but i think really nationally people are talking about mental health right they're talking about it so my son goes to duke ellington school of the arts in dc And it is so amazing to watch these kids go, I don't think that's good for my mental health, right? And teachers go, okay, how can I help? Whereas when Ethan was there, we had teachers who were like, you just need to suck it up and get it done. Right. And I just wanted to go and kill them. And I didn't. I'm very nice. But I wanted to go and kill them. So, (laughs) yeah, I think it's really important. But I do think it's getting better. I think our generation is still struggling. I think our generation, I mean, I will tell you, I hit it from everybody, maybe maybe hit it from myself, quite honestly, for this this last time I had my depression, uh, because I just didn't, sometimes you don't recognize the signs, and the sign for me, I'm going to tell you, you may know the signs, but big changes, right? So if you have a kid who has always loved soccer, and they suddenly stop then that's a problem. If you have a kid who has always been very outdoorsy and suddenly they're laying on the couch, that's a problem. If they, if, you know, if somebody really, you notice they stop eating, that was one of the things that happened to me. I stopped eating. Not this time, the last time. Last time I ate half a peach a day. It was all I could stomach and it would eat it throughout the day because I couldn't stomach more than that. Um, Things along those lines. But the one that surprises people is I say, I'm a really nice person. For the past year, I was so mean and so nasty that people in my office, I think they almost quit because I was awful. And 
you know, two of them, they don't really work a whole lot in our, in our, um, cause, right? They work in my business, but not in our cause. One of them works a lot in the cause. And when I finally realized what was happening and I told her, she was so upset with herself for not recognizing it. She was like, I, I know that. I mean, you've even told me that when you get depressed, you get mean, not, not depressed, you, you know, not sad, you get mean. You've told me that and I still didn't recognize it. So it's very hard to recognize. But if you can think of it as any big change, any big change, it's a, it's, it's a huge, huge help to know that. What are some of the things that motivate you? You know, people who call me, people who call me and I can help. Um, the stories of people who tell me that I saved their lives or I saved their children's lives, especially if it comes from somebody who I've known for a long time and haven't even really talked to so much as they've seen me on social media and things I've said hit the right spot, right? So recently I did a video, a you, uh, again, I said YouTube, a TikTok video, and I talked about how therapists say it's not your fault. And they're right. It's not your fault you have depression, but they need to follow it up with, it's not your fault you have depression, but you're the only one that can do anything about it. And these coping skills we give you, they're not just there for nothing. They're yeah. there because those are the skills that will help you get past it. I did this video, and a few minutes later, a woman who I think is one of the strongest women I know messaged me, and she says, I'm going to get out of bed and get dressed now. And I felt that, that's why I do this. That's why I share the stories. That's why I put it out there because I know it may just be that one little thing I say that can make a big difference. So that motivates me. How have you learned from your family? How? Oh, that's a good question. How have I learned from my family? You know, this is a different subject and I haven't, hopefully it's not going to offend your audience. Cause I just said, I believe in God. I am, yeah. I'm very much believe in God. Right. But Ethan, if you, if you watched Ethan's video, you know, Ethan was Megan. Right. And Ethan became Ethan a few years ago. And I, when this happened, somebody made this horrible comment to him. And honestly, I wanted to kill him. And I said to Ethan, I'm going to cut him out of our lives. I don't want him around us. And he said to me, mom, he doesn't know anybody. He doesn't know any better, right? This person had never met a black person until he moved here this year. He'd never seen anybody of color until he moved here this year. And he'd been told his whole life that being homosexual, being a lesbian, being trans was meant you were going to go to hell. And, and he said, how is he ever going to learn that if we cut him out of a lot our lives? How is he ever going to learn that? So I, I think I've learned tolerance because my first reaction is screw you, don't mess with my kid, <laughs> right? <laughs> and now I have to say, I hope I can influence you. I hope you can see the error of your ways because whether you think it, think it or not, other people are human. They might be LGBTQ, but that doesn't make them not human. It doesn't make them evil. It doesn't make them wrong, right? We're all doing things. We're all sinning. We're all doing things. And, and God didn't ask us to be perfect. 
So that's what I learned. I learned to have a little tolerance, even for people who make me want to smack them. (laughs) (laughs) Where do you want to see the event in the next three to five years? So yesterday I bought the Powerball ticket and it was a billion dollars. And I knew, I was like, I know exactly what I'll do if I win that money. Almost all of it will go to burgers and bands. And the idea would be that I could take it across the country, that I could take it into other communities like ours. So one of the things I didn't say is our community had a lot of suicides. When we moved here, there were five in the first year we moved here. And over the years, there have been so many that I've lost count. And we're our high school is known as Suicide High. But there are high schools all over the country that are like that. And if I could take it into those communities and give them the same sense of community that we've created here, that would be where I'd want to take it. And I think my goal is to get somebody big. Like Imagine Dragons is huge in this cause. David, yeah. uh, Dave, Dave Matthews is huge in this cause. The guy who does the song, um, Sound of Silence, that I can't disturb, they are huge in this cause. I would love to pull those guys together and get them involved in this. I'd like to get people who care about the cause to come and help me create these events all over the country in small communities, not big, small communities, and do the same thing we've done here because it's created such a sense of community and such a sense of well-being. And our suicide rate has gone down a lot. So I know we're making a difference.